0: Body, Mind, Spirit Radio offering quality live programming with holistic, spiritual, psychic, and metaphysical hosts. Welcome to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Straight talk, enthusiastic support, and heartfelt encouragement for you. To open up to your sacred sexuality. And now, your host, Leslie Blackburn.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, my love. Ah, I'm honored to be here sharing and excited and in a really potent time right now. I'm feeling. Uh, The energy has broken free, the energy of earlier this year in 2019, which felt slow and kind of gluey to me, has kind of gone boosh and moved forward in a lot of, lot of ways. So there's many pieces of inspiration that are moving today. And as we always do, we're going to explore today um, what's it like to sink in and to our bodies and listen. And each show that we explore here on Sacred Sexuality, We do some meditating, discussions, education, awareness, sharing of story to really open into topics that are um, sometimes things harder to talk about sexuality, consciousness. And we're going to dig in today once again um, as we explore here in this beautiful morning. Ah, So, for uh, beginning once again as we do. With settling into our bodies, I invite you to take a breath, to ah, let go into feeling. What's it like to notice your breath and your body? Mm. This journey of sacred sexuality, this journey of deeply listening to the body, let's begin with noticing the pelvis, the pelvic bowl. Noticing your relationship of your body and your pelvis with the support you're on, whether you're seated, standing, lying down. What's it like to feel a sense of support at your pelvis? Make any adjustments you need to feel clarity and that support. And then take a moment to scan down through the body, noticing your midline and creating space and light as you notice the crown of the head, the centers of the brain, and the roof of the mouth, noticing your throat, the space behind the heart and lungs, diaphragm, Upper belly, lower belly, pelvic bowl, feeling deep into the juiciness of the pelvic bowl and the creative center, the sexual center, feeling your pelvic floor, noticing the sit bones, feeling leg bones in the hip sockets, knees, lower legs, heel bones, soles of the feet, tips of each toe. Ah, Invite an exhale with sound as you allow root system from your pelvic floor and your feet to spiral down through cushions, chairs, floor, any spaces in the structure you're in, down through the foundation and into the soil of the earth. Allowing your roots ah, spiraling down through the soil, drinking in the water, past the water table, and into the deep central core of the earth, wrapping around the central core. Notice how it feels in your body as you meet this inquiry. And then with a breath of gratitude for taking time for you, Ah, Gently bring your awareness wider, starting to notice the space around your physical body. Expanding into the relational space, gently opening your eyes. And being here now in this exploration with me this morning, sacred sexuality. And what we're going to explore today is something that just came up. Alive yesterday in a session, actually. So, as a sacred sexual healer and transformational guide, I've been working with clients now for over a decade and worked thousands of hours and um, many hundreds of clients to really step into feeling empowered to trust energy to move in their bodies in new ways and trust their sexual power and trust their aliveness. And one facet of my work in that world is also I am a biodynamic cranial sacral therapist. And in my work in that work in the past, um, I think I completed that three-year training um, about three years ago. So I think I've now been practicing three years with biodynamic cranial sacral therapy in addition to my other work. And they're interwoven. In fact, the uh, as I did my final project in biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, I did that final project on the influence of BCST of the biodynamic work on sexual function. So we're going to come back to that. So I want to focus a little bit today on a, a knowing that arose in session in a biodynamic cranial sacral session yesterday with a client and what came through her body was a deep visceral awareness and understanding and knowing that touch can be settling and this was really profound. It was a huge moment. It was a, it was what I call a body aha moment. In my journey, in my own personal journey for the past couple of decades and in supporting others in this work, what I call body aha moments are these times when when we've opened the gate, so to speak, of source knowing so clearly through our bodies that we know we have something that comes through that we that rings so true. It is a clear truth of ours, and it comes through the body. And these body aha moments can be incredible, incredible channels or incredible sources of information of wisdom. Our bodies really are incredibly wise. Um, The wisdom of the universe really is within us. We are holographic in that nature that our being as as a portion of the whole contains the information of the whole. And that's what it means to be a hologram, you know. In my engineering days, in my engineering background, I used to build lasers and actually created holograms. And that nature of like the the essence of a hologram is you have a holographic image. You can break that image. It may be, you know, a larger image, say an eight by ten image. If you break off a corner of that image and you re-energize it with the light that created it, it it contains the entire image. It doesn't just take contain the corner of the image that you broke off it enta- contains the entire image what gets lost in the smaller amount is maybe the resolution it starts to the clarity maybe gets a little fuzzier and that's what we're doing in our bodies we are the we are building opening connecting with the clarity increasing and tapping into our clearer resolution of this knowing of this truth of the whole of the of the way we are connected which is profound and what I've found in my work over and over and over again is that the core of that is that we must slow way down to really slow way down with love and respect for our own bodies and for each other and for the way we relate with nature and the planet and in that reverence to me that's what the nature of, of like learning and growing as a soul being that as we are here incarnate in a body We can make changes in our very being by slowing down and paying attention. So back to then touch can be settling. So in this moment, and I shared about this a little on social media too, that, and I'm grateful she gave permission for me to share this story. So this this client of mine, I'm noticing we may have a technical issue, so... Great. I'm okay. I think we're still good. This client of mine is um she gave permission for me to share this story and she's been a client for some time, for um a couple of years, and most recently we've been working with biodynamic cranial sacral therapy very specifically. And um and in those sessions we've now had over 20 of those sessions. She's a little more background about her. She is sort of what I call like a a kick-ass powerful being on this planet in her own right. She is um, doing her own personal human homework. She has been uh, on her own path of self-awareness and spiritual awakening for decades and supporting others in theirs as a coach and a leader as well. So she's no slouch to the spiritual path, to the awakening or seeing and and really starting that, that journey of listening to the body. And as many of us do carry, uh, a lot of old stories in our bodies associated with trauma or times in our past where the body had to protect or have a, a create other mechanisms to move through things that were really, really hard. And when our body does that, it holds on to information in the best way it knows how at the time. But that can feel really limiting over time, especially now as we become more resourced and available, then our body now can say, yay, great, I can start to let go of these old ways, of these old protective, protective things that I created at one time to help me get through. And and I invite, let's have a lot of compassion for that, right? Like, woo, yes, we did, we did, we made it, right? We're still here. So the things, the ways in which an abuse or a trauma happened in our past and our body responded aren't bad. It's that now we held it the best we could. And now in a new place, in a safe container, in a safe relational space, we can start to let that go when it's ready. And trusting that our body really does know. We all have the innate intelligence within us to guide that. Health is always available. It is an essence of of infinite possibility. So this beautiful being, like I said, just a powerful being in her journey and um, has done a lot of self-work. And she came to me ready for like this next layer of noticing that touch and contact were really hard for her. And we started to work with that <clears throat> in a couple different ways, and in this most recent series, we were working with biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, which is um a modality let me take a minute to describe that. It's a really gentle modality. It's one of deeply listening to the body it's a, as a healing practice. Um, the logistics of it look like um the client may come in. We do a little bit of discussion to just establish if there's any questions or things arising and then move to a massage table. The session is done fully clothed on a massage table where I am often seated or standing, but often seated next to the person and either in really gentle contact, non manipulative contact, or sometimes not in contact, depending on what's arising for the client. It's traditionally done in contact. And that contact can look um, multiple different ways, um, but it is a very, like I said, gentle, non-manipulative contact. It's a contact that's about me as a practitioner listening and holding space and creating the relational space for the client system to be heard. So that the what's called the inherent treatment plan in that work is that that inherent treatment plan is rising up from the system of the being being treated, so to speak. And it's as that information rises up that guides the session rather than me as a practitioner, presuming to think I know the answer for this person, right? It becomes more, I'm holding space for what the person's body innately knows so that we can both listen. And then it goes quite profoundly from there. I mean, again, the, the work itself is, is incredible. Um, three years of deep training that, that I engaged in to really um, deeply meet what's it like to open this relational space and learn, like, let's not, let's not fool around either, around how deep we went into learning about the body's uh, anatomy, cranial nerves, The structures within the brain, the structures within the spinal cord, and the other tissues of the body, um, the bones in the cranium, the bones in the vertebra, the um, nerve structures. There's so many facets of what we learned as a way to then invite our perceptual field so that we can look through a lens of that information without presuming to know we should tell those things what to do. So back to then, so this this is the nature of the work we were doing. And in our case, um, we were doing this journey of really listening again to what was alive. Often we'll start with contact after a settling period. We'll We'll start with a little contact, maybe hands at feet, for example. And what we found early on in her sessions was her system was not sort of available for that. And we needed to give a little more space, a little more quite actual physical space. And also support her, um, which is connected to my other work, support her in really communicating and owning and clarifying her boundaries around um, being able to speak and say, hey, this is really important to me. I need this right now, or I don't need that. And ways in which in the past she felt disempowered from that. And so it was to give the opportunity for practice around really deeply at a subtle, subtle, subtle level, communicating and holding what she needed. So we did this work together and had been for some time. And yesterday in this session, as she had this body aha moment, it came through to her when our hands were gently in contact together. That touch can be settling. Settling. And her body and my body, we both dropped in. The stillness happened, and we held space for this stillness for a considerable chunk of the session. That stillness, the healing happens in the stillness. The stillness is the magic. It's where we access potency. It's where we access possibility. And so I want to explore a little bit what I mean by accessing this and how it's related, how this then does come back and circle back to working with sexual function, although the cranial sacral work, the biodynamic work, is not overtly working with sexual function at all. It's a full system modality. So the, the touch to start with this in this discussion, just the nature that touch can be settling, was huge for this person to bring into knowing. And she got to experience the deepest sense of settling she had experienced through contact in her life. After many decades on the planet, doing a ton of amazing work in the world. And what I want to bring this up and why we wanted to share this story is to empower others to recognize there is that possibility and that it's one we may not even be aware of because until we can start to experience what settling actually feels like, what resourcing and relaxing truly begin to open, it's hard to convey it. And it's, it's a journey of letting go. Um, What I call this learning to let go in the process. If you're trying to let go, you're not letting go. So there's this big antithesis or this, this dichotomy of like, but wait, I want to learn how to let go. Oh, but wait, I'm trying. So then I'm not letting go. So there's this undoing, the sense of being that's balanced in with the action and the doing and the this sort of mental brain function of analysis that we're very used to living in in our world. And what this work invites, the cranial work and other facets of my work, is Slowing down enough to undo, to be. To be. To deeply feel the value of settling and being. So in that exploration, I want to touch for a moment on what I mean, or like what is some of, so as we talk about this somewhat esoterically at first, I also want to touch a little bit on the function of our nervous system and how, how this actually translates in a, in a scientific realm as well, as well as the simply being realm. So let's start with that with just a word or two about the nervous system. When we're tapping into the cranial sacral work, it's very much a presence of Um, adding or tapping into allowing the parasympathetic nervous system to come online. So within our central nervous system, we have an autonomic nervous system. That's the the portion of our nervous system that, that supports functions that we don't overtly control. And within that, we have parasympathetic and sympathetic. And there's actually, there's actually a social nervous system and a little other one, but we'll, for the sake of this discussion, we'll just focus on these two, parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. And in the simplest terms, the kind of cheat sheet for how I remember it, the, the parasympathetic nervous system, the P, is peace, rest, digest. It's the side of our nervous system that really just supports us with like, ah, you know, I can let go right now. And when my body can let go, then it can, then it can put – it can put some of its resources into functions that aren't um, like super critical for getting out of a dangerous situation. Right. So digesting, right. I can rest and relax. And now my food is digesting. I can't tell my body, let's digest this sandwich right now, but I can let go and allow it. Rest deep sleep. When we access these deep, deep states of rest, this is there's places in the brain that literally open up and allow cerebral spinal fluid to engage and flush deeper into the tissues of the brain and sweep away uh, metabolic waste. So the, the functions as we move through the day, our cells do a lot of work and when they do, they take in nutrients and they give off waste and that waste needs to get flushed out of the body. But that flushing process has to happen with some space. And often we race around so fast with the action and the doing that that space doesn't happen. And then it can cause kind of, it just can cause a lot of ill ease, um, if not direct pain, discomfort um, of things not having a chance to process and flow. We are literally juicy, juicy systems. Our bodies are made up primarily of water. And this work is really about letting that juice, that fluid, come into awareness and remember our fluidic nature of the cyclical rhythmic qualities of of flowing and being. So that's the parasympathetic, the peace, rest, digest. The primary nerve associated with the parasympathetic system is the vagus nerve. It's called the wandering nerve. I've heard it called the soul nerve. I want to say Resmond Menachem, used that, um, the soul nerve. And he talks so beautifully in his book about the, his book, My Grandmother's Hands, about the, this work this work from a different perspective, from the perspective of healing white supremacy and healing racialized trauma in our bodies, in white bodies, black bodies, and police bodies, as he names and defines them in that book. And that's a, a slightly different topic, but a really important segue or, or nugget or seed to plant to come back to. The power of slowing down and tapping into a regulated, easeful nervous system is crucial to our healing. It's crucial to our healing in our own journey, it's crucial to our healing as a collective and as an interacting community, co creating on this planet and shedding away generations of racialized trauma out of our systems and the way we interact. So it is very connected. So back to the nervous system and our parasympathetic nervous system being the peace, the rest digest, the sense of can we slow down and regulate and find ease? There's also the sympathetic nervous system, which is more the S for sympathetic stress. Stress isn't always bad either. Let's not say that stress is bad but stress the action the the tone the getting activated to have a response to often will associate this with the fight or flight response fight or flight or freeze response is in the sympathetic nervous system so it's that side of our nervous system that gets things ready to to respond to things and to move through the world and that's really important and what can happen in our world especially In our world, in the West, in 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 the U.S. in particular, where I am, is there is so much go 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 do 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 that we don't that it can we can actually get stuck. Our brain brain body wiring systems get a little stuck in the hypercharge, and that ability to downregulate, that ability to slow down and come off of readiness for a readiness for a big thing to about to happen, can be really hard, and our nervous system gets sort of stuck in that readiness. It's like there's this primal part of our brain that says there's something bad about to happen. And many people live in a world that feels that constantly. Something bad's about to happen, right? You, you aren't doing it. You know, it's not your fault. You're not doing it wrong. It's the body is, is responding as if something bad is about to happen. In other words, that really great system that our body has that says, you know, if there is someone Or some big danger coming at us, say we're about to be head-on collision in a car, like there is a responsiveness that comes in. There is a way the nervous system lights up so that we can respond to it and maybe swerve out of the way of that vehicle. And So we have muscle tone and and cortisol and all these um, action-oriented chemicals that flood through the body uh, to do that. But the the problem is, like, when we can't downregulate from that state of being, then it can feel constantly like that's about to happen. And that comes from traumatic events that, that don't get a chance to resolve. So with that little nugget about parasympathetic and sympathetic in the nervous system, I want to take a short break and come back as we then bring this back together of what's it like to meet this quality of touch can be settling. And what does that have to do with our sexuality?
0: You are listening live to Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Today is Tuesday, September 17th, 2019, And you are listening to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you would like to talk with Leslie live on the air, give us a call at 646-378-0378. That number again is 646-378-0378. And now back to your host, Leslie Blackburn.
1: Yay, thank you, my love. So touch can be settling. So this client, this comes through her body. We are. So, she's in awe. She has felt it. It has become available in her. She starts to see, you know, she had been thinking like, wow, you know, I've been thinking with all these sessions, maybe I had already gotten the full benefit of them and that, you know, it, it was time to move on to something else, and then this happened. And it was like a door opened into the infinite, into the infinitude, (laughs) the, the, what I call this spiral of relaxation or the spiral of settling that it isn't an on off switch. So back for me in the corporate days, I, when I was um, in corporate engineering and going, 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 doing, 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 I remember having doctors check in with me, you know, like so do you have much stress in your work? And I was like, no, you know, like just anything like just what everybody does, you know, and reflecting back, it was crazy stress loads and huge work hours. And I was also pushing myself as an endurance athlete. So the level of tone um, and like readiness when my body was constant, I didn't even know what relaxation was like, I would say, Oh yeah, I feel relaxed as a point, as a state. But in retrospect, looking back on that from 20 years, I can see now over time how the universe kept inviting me into deeper and deeper layers of settling and collecting and relaxing. How that opened my window of awareness into the possibilities. So what I would have named as relaxation or settling in those days, settling, I don't think I even understood. Relaxation like oh yeah, I'm relaxed. You know, like I'm not at work or I'm not doing this hyper thing, right? I'm not running a I'm not in an Ironman triathlon right now. Of course, I'm relaxed, <laughs> and um, and and well, that's true. And I'm not beating myself up for that. Like I enjoyed doing what I did in those days, and and it's uh, it's not bad. It's just that I there is a way in which before I could experience it, I wouldn't have been able to name it. And that's what the big aha moment was yesterday. Was this person who had experienced a lot in life was now experiencing something new and seeing the window open to the power of tapping into this infinite space that was just filled with awe for her. And we were able to like, I was able to then meet and hold her in that space and, and really celebrate it together and go, yes, and commend her, affirm for her, how she had, she had done this. Like it's her work. Her path with with seeing and witnessing her body, her path with really starting to unpack and witness what's being held here so that she could communicate what she needed when she needed it and practice using those words of – and actually not just using the words, practice with physical body motions. So sometimes we were doing work that was very non-traditionally cranial sacral, to be clear, but that – which involved a lot of what I call like – meeting and releasing trauma from the body in other more active ways, um, which is also very effective. And the com- combination of the two, to me, is just magic. But this idea of inviting movements or, or expressions of body, so that the muscles and the tissues get a chance to actually write the story a new way and to maybe have it go differently than it did the first time. So that journey of of her awareness of like wow touch can actually be settling versus for her touch had been a huge fear and something to resist or just merely tolerate based on some traumatic events that had happened for her early in her life so she was finally finally able through the work we did around creating a safe container holding safe that safe space and intentionally bringing awareness to contact and choice consent those as a foundation, in addition to the cranial sacral work, opened this space where she could really now feel viscerally the value of settling. So as we continue today, I'm seeing we have a caller. Let me bring you on. Hello, this is Hello, Hi, my
2: name is Maddie. Hi, what's your name? Patty. My name is Patty, and I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia. I just pulled up your your um your uh, radio show Block top, and I thought, oh my God, this is what we were talking about last night, my friend and I. And uh, I was ex- this is what I explained to her. She, uh, you mentioned the you meant you use the word touch, how it can mm-hmm. be. Like settling, and I
1: settling, yeah.
2: I explained to my friend yesterday. I said, you know what? I say when you have a significant other in your life, I say, have there ever been a time that you really didn't have to um, actually have go through the sexual act, just have, just hold each other and rub, and yeah, and just rub each other down and high, soothing and healing, and and before you realize it, you just drift off to sleep. It's nothing about the sexual act, and I think she had never experienced that. In her mind, she would have to um, – her mindset is that, uh, no, I won't want him, other words, to penetrate me. And I was thinking, but that is so beautiful, how healing that can be. And so yeah. I want to know from you, am I crazy <laughs>
1: You are crazy at all. I'm like, as I hear you describe this, I have this huge smile on my face. And I'm like, yes, this. <laughs> I'm so great to hear from you, Patty, in Atlanta. And yes. Yeah. Like, yes. So what I'm hearing you say is this recognition that it, it doesn't have to be about the physical, genital, sexual act. That No, not at all. In, contact, my opinion, in
2: my mind. Yeah. No. Sometimes it's yeah. uh just 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 rub me down, just hold me, touch me. Yes. it just kind of calms you and uh for me and uh, and uh and I can just feel so relaxed and and at times just drift off to sleep
1: absolutely, absolutely, um, and what's yeah, that touch is crucial to um our survival as humans actually. Right. There's actually been studies, some of them quite unfortunate ones that show how really important human contact and touch and snuggles are for 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 being alive um, for Mm -hmm. babies. And but we don't lose that just because we grow up. We've just been trained away from it, usually societally and touch somewhere uh, somewhere between when we were sort of kicked out and told go to kindergarten but don't touch anybody keep your hands to yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then later later when puberty happens and we start to explore it's usually a random exploration that's not very guided or or encouraged by loving caring elders it's usually Mm -hmm. um, secretive and rushed and so now this touch patterning gets really gets really locked into our brain body system that says touch either has to be about sex right and so then that, that's where it can show up where your girlfriend's like "But i'm not i just uh i don't want it to have to be about sex but yeah. um or it can be really twisted into like grasping at it like i have to right so it can be this either hold it at arm's length or it must be because there's these innate touch needs we have as humans just for being mammals that that do relax our bodies and as you described it you can calm and settle and fall asleep that's the nature of the part of our nervous system i was just describing the parasympathetic nervous system that says let's rest now and soften and open and Mm -hmm. sometimes that can mean sleep and sometimes that can mean just opening in a way that sexual energy can kind of bloom open softly like this is why often um it's really connected with Well, I'm going to, there's about five things I want to talk about and I'm going to focus in on, so Leslie, do one at a time. This is me talking to myself one at a time, but this (laughs) slowing down to actually affirm and feel that slow connected touch softens and settles and opens the body. And that actually can support sexual function, which we'll come back to, but that it doesn't have to be about that. And yeah, so absolutely. You're not crazy. Thank oh you no! For and I
2: also said I gave her uh, an example. Like you ever see children? They're playing. They're just having a good time, and all of a sudden, they just drop everything and they'll run and hop in mama's lap and just want mama to hold them, Aww. love them, and they'll uh, they'll stay in your lap is, and it's like, whoop! Well, I got enough now, and they'll hop out of your lap and go back and start playing again. I say, have you ever <laughs> took note of that? And I say, my grandson would do that. From time to time, he would just drop everything. He just want to come lay up on you and just give a little rub, a little, uh-huh. little you know, a little tension. And he yeah. satisfied. He gets out of your lap. He go back to playing. I said, children do that all the time. I just want to hug, mommy.
1: Totally. And how supportive yeah. that is as you welcome him in. You know, that's you're creating this safe space so that his nervous system can settle with that touch. Yeah, and mm-hmm. then, okay, he feels settled, he can go back and do his thing. Of course, like, that's such a perfect example. And I think many folks don't don't get that, right? Don't get that as children, maybe don't have the access to somebody to just hop in and get the snuggles. Um, no, they that. don't.
2: The parents are so whatever, so stressed or uh, tied up with uh, – their life uh their business, or what have you yeah a lot of a lot of I believe that we don't kids don't get that because uh parents don't know they i think and uh, some parents don't know um yeah. but i but I do believe that children have a way to demand that because children are so natural, mhm have a way to they they don't have to wait for you to come get them a hug, they run up to you and give you a hug and hold yes. you.
1: Great. We need to learn a yeah, lot from our so, kids. Yeah, kids are
2: so natural. They they don't have no shame, no nothing, no shame in that game at all. They just mm. get what they need, and um, because um, they know that the instinct, the body knows.
1: Yeah, it does, and they mm-hmm. are they're tapping into that wisdom without it being erased mm-hmm. or told it's wrong yet. And that's yes. just so sweet to listen to. Thank you so much, Patty, for sharing and for I'm asking questions. To
2: because Great. So I, I, when I saw that topic, I said, oh, yeah, this is what I want to listen to.
1: <laughs> oh, yay. Then we'll just have you come on and listen some more. Thank you so much, Patty.
2: Thank you. Okay.
1: Great. Awesome. Thank you. And so, such a perfect, just I'm really grateful that we got to have Patty share that question and that offering um, of touch as being so important all by itself to settle. And what I want to invite is now taking this thread um, into, excuse me, into as we settle. And I talked a bit about this parasympathetic sympathetic. So the parasympathetic that lets us settle peace, rest, digest. Uh, maybe we fall asleep and the snuggles are so caring and they do help our nervous systems de, you know, drop from the day, um, regulate and become easeful. And that are when we are in that, we support others in that. It becomes, it becomes something that's shared from human to human and it can be done with touch and contact or just simply being in a room with like, your easeful, settled nervous system will rub off on people. So as we do this for ourselves and support our lovers and our sweeties in it, we're sharing that love out into the world because the more of us who, have, who, can, who can come back to regulated, easeful places more regularly, who have that self-awareness that can breathe and settle, the more that when we're dysregulated, when things uh, don't happen so well, um that the that the world around us will resonate with our regulation with our settling so it's powerful and then what happens when we settle and open this is where i i talk about this quality of sex drive versus sex a so sex a is the or sex drive is the one we're, we're more familiar with um, that's libido focused. It's like, well, I'm turned on right now, or I, I want to have sex. And there's this sort of driven thing that comes from the energetics of drive. And it tends to be the only thing we talk about or think about around sex and sexuality. It tends to be the only measure of sexuality is like, how's your sex drive? You know, the doctor asks, how's your libido? How's your sex drive? Well, that's only half of the equation. And there's a really important part missing if we're only focused on sex drive. And it's why there can be, incidentally, some mismatch in partnerships where one person feels really driven and the other is like, I'm not. And then depending on the cycle of how that happens, it can create more and more rifting and actually cause pretty, um, pretty intense separation over time in terms of disconnect around um, sexual life. Uh, feeling satisfied in our sexual life can begin to it can begin to create quite a rift but if we also acknowledge sex ah no matter our gender no matter how we identify in gender sex ah being the the place of ease and rest and settling so that we have a pathway in to feel the sexual energy so that our body systems aren't trying to do all these other things or stay online because we're worried about a to-do list or we're trying to do this or that or this or that, but actually have the space, then that space opens and now sexual energy can move. And that's what I found in my work with um, the cranial, the biodynamic cranial sacral function as it relates to, um, as it relates to sex I was going to pull up a piece. I'm going to just leave that alone and go from my memory. So the the sexual function, as it relates to the biodynamic work, um, what I found was that it does it has a, it does have quite an influence. The work supports ourselves to have ease and rest and feel vitality and positivity and hope in life. So this nature of like as we tap into this vitality and ease, it softens and opens our capacity to be with sexual energy becomes a a really direct influence. Um, And if we are feeling stressed out, maxed out, and we can't ever settle, then of course sex isn't going to be a very high priority because our body is so engaged in all of the other functions it needs to do to survive in its perception, right? If our body and our nervous system are racing around, at high level um, thinking it needs to respond to um, a a danger all day, every day, then the chance of our sexual function having space is really limited because the body's like, "Hey, we don't need to do that right now. we need to focus on survival so settling so crucial to life and vibrancy and juiciness, which becomes then crucial to sexuality and joy and trusting the power and the flow of the energy that moves through our body and sharing that with a beloved. So as we now explore, touch is settling. Touch really can be settling. And that touch can help help support the ease that really can create create a sweet, sweet, sweet space in the body. Let's take another short break, and we'll come back to close.
0: Thank you for joining us today. You are listening live to Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. Leslie Blackburn has a detailed website where you can find radio podcasts, videocasts, and more free resources at leslieblackburn.com. The website is mobile-friendly and also has the full class and event schedule, information on private sessions, mailing list sign-up, and much more, again at leslieblackburn.com. Our monthly temple gatherings resume Sunday, October 6th at a special guest location in Ann Arbor. Details at the website and reminder that you must send an email to RSVP for location instructions. Leslie also offers private sessions and has helped many hundreds of individuals and couples over years on their path of sacred sexuality. Sessions are available either in person or by Zoom, Skype, or phone. See details on the website under Classes and Coaching. There are also options for home study practices. The sacred sexuality classes on four new topics are now available by by video, and you can purchase access to these at the website. And the Tantric Energy Touch Workshop is available as an audio CD. Order online at the website. The best way to get announcements about upcoming events as well as inspirational stories, videos, and radio show archives is to subscribe to the email newsletter by clicking on the link on the website, again, leslieblackburn.com. And a reminder that Leslie is available for speaking engagements. More information at the website. And if you like what you heard today and want more, There's a whole new way to support Leslie in bringing these sacred sexuality teachings into the world and get amazing rewards for it, including sneak peeks of her new book, which is currently underway. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. See all the details there again at patreon.com slash Leslie Blackburn. And now back to your hosts, Leslie Blackburn.
1: Thank you, my love. Ah, so I invite you as we come to a close for today, to really feel into what's it like to acknowledge slowing down, noticing and relating with another human in a conscious, intentional way to create the safe container so that you feel. Good and clear and safe to let go into contact. <clears throat> and to explore the concept that touch can be settling. As you take a breath here now in your body, exhale with a little sound. Ha. <sighs> feel your own hands and body in contact with your own body. Bring your hands to your face, perhaps. Stroke gently across your cheeks. Stroke gently across the face and the mouth. The forehead. Maybe take your fingers through, fingertips through your scalp, through your hair. Touching down the neck and throat, down the chest and shoulders breasts and belly, hips and legs. And just invite your body to settle. Notice what it needs to. Ah, let go a notch. Hmm, and feel, how does it feel in your body when you invite your own Self-touch. Allowing yourself to ah, plant in to your pelvis one little item of takeaway today. What is it that you want to carry with you into your world? Ease, patience, settling. Maybe it's love, courage. Allow that to land in your body and to carry it with you into your day. With deep gratitude and loving awareness, let's all do this. We're co-creating a culture of love and respect for our bodies, each other, ourselves, nature, and the planet. Let's do this together. Thank you, thank you. Namaste.
0: Thank you for joining us today for Sacred Sexuality with Leslie Blackburn. If you'd like to contact Leslie, please visit her website, leslieblackburn.com. Leslie is also available for private sessions, and you can find more information about this at the website. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and have a beautiful day. Join us again next time for continued support on your path of self-realization. The power is within you to heal your body, connect deeply with others, manifest your heart's desires, and experience your deepest bliss. By our healing, we impact others, inspiring love for humanity and the planet. Thank you for joining us for Sacred Sexuality. With Leslie Blackburn.